Welcome to the After Dark Podcast, the podcast in which Anthony leads his unknowing friend Conrad by the hand through TV shows. Will Conrad like them? Will Conrad hate them? Will Conrad predict what's going to happen, or will he be lost in the dark? Find out now, only on the After Dark Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. I'm Anthony James, and that's Conrad. Hello. Hi, Conrad. How are you today? I'm very well. We're recording on a Friday, so I've got that Friday feeling, uh, and I'm dancing along the proverbial ceiling, which in this case is talking about the other day. Bit of Lionel. Oh, yeah. Bit of <laughs> yeah. Lionel. So start the weekend right. Straight into a story, right? My wife had a friend in, uh, well, I, I don't know if they're very good friends, but a colleague in, in, in one of her jobs in the film industry who told okay. her that in, he was an art, he did an art degree, and as his final project, he f- wore a blindfold and for like 10 hours uh, with hello on, a, on, a, on Lionel Richie's hello on repeat, okay. he uh, sculpted in a public space, he sculpted out of clay with a blindfold on Lionel Richie's head over and over again out of clay. That was did his final ever, piece. Did he ever make a good version of Lionel Richie's head? Because that seems um, like kind of I thing. Can't, I think he did all right. Like this is an art. Like, he's his final art thing. He probably had a lot of practice. I will also. I'm going to ask my wife about it, and I'll try, guys. If I remember, I'll put a link to it in the description. Like he's got a video of him sculpting Lionel Richie's head. Anyway, Lionel Richie segue over. How else? How else you been? Um. Yeah, not bad. Apart from that, I haven't really got anything to top that story. Uh, to be honest, it's uh, it's been a been a fairly plain week. Certainly, no um, art installations um, immortalizing. I don't even know what you call Lionel Richie. He's not pop, really Motown. Pop, pop. pop Let's say pop. Sure, pop. Yeah. Immortalizing pop uh, stars of the eighties in clay or any other material for that matter. Um, so yeah, like it's been a fairly mundane week. What about yours? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Um, first week of pupils back in school is down. I'm feeling very, very tired, but I'm getting there. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking about the OA because this it, is this, this week's is an episode. episode. <sighs> this is an episode which actually you probably were happy enough to have an extra couple of days because I think our listeners know we record on Wednesday usually. So a couple of days more to theorize, to think about the episode. Probably wasn't a bad thing this week, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, there was some stuff that I could do, could do with some distance from because certainly I don't want to put the cart before the horse here. But by the end of this episode, I was sort of like, drink. I, let, I, let, I let it. Uh, I let see it after finish. that podcast drinking game. Cart before the horse. Drink. Cart before the horse. There you go. Pop. <laughs> if you've got that on your bingo card, scratch that off. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd like, I kind of just like it went to also play on Netflix, and I was like, ah, oh, stop, stop, stop. I don't want to see the next one. And then I just had to sit in silence for like thirty seconds, just be like, what the fuck just happened there? Um, <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> like, We'll get into it. We'll get into yeah. it. I'm sure. I, I, wa- I want to get into it. So I will say, if you are new to the show, subscribe on YouTube on the Culture Cave or at Audio Apps if that's how you prefer to listen to your podcast. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, email us at adpodmail.gmail.com if you would like to get in contact. If you have a question for Conrad, you can get us through there or you can leave a comment underneath this video. Um, if you would like to help out the channel, you can either leave us a tip, which we hardly ever ask for, but it comes to my head here, so I may as well say there's a link to give us <laughs> tips uh, in the description. Uh, and if you want to have something, you can get not this T-shirt. This is not ours, but this comes from Redbubble. This HG Townhouse T-shirt I'm wearing, and so does ours. So the link to our Redbubble store is in the description, and you can get our T-shirt. Um, as well as that, join the Discord. Lots of dark, OA, Sisyphus, new uh, uh, South Korean show, mm. mental, off the wall, pretty good. Uh, is all that discussions in the Discord? Join there. Apart from that, I think we are ready. Give us a like to get into it. Conrad, what do you think? 
Let's do it. Don't know why I'm saluting for that. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, let's break it. Damn! Magic mirror on the wall. Conrad won't know. Give me an episode of the OA. Second weirdest dream, dream or vision. Is whatever this you want the, the best OA episode of <laughs> them all? Uh, have have we already had the weirdest? Just so I know no. that I'm setting out my... Okay, fine. No, I'm not going to tell you when it is, but you'll know it when you see it. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that we weren't you were, we weren't classing the opening um, the opening dream uh, with Kareem oh, longboarding on the cliff. Um, yeah, because no, I was I'm like, not that's talking not about that, that weird. Um, uh, it's yeah. yeah, so so this is kind of like a, a bit of a kind of like, one day my prince will come, sort of like introduction <laughs> with fucking finding prairie slash... Wait, is it Cinderella? No, I think it's Sleeping Beauty who's in like the glass case in the woods, right? And the prince comes and wakes her up. It's been a long time since I've seen Sleeping Snow Beauty. Snow White? No. Sleeping. Oh, Sleeping. It could Beauty, be. Definitely. It could be Snow White. It's one well, of Snow well, White. Cinderella isn't Beauty. asleep, but there is. Uh, That's Snow true. White is asleep at a certain point, and so is Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, well, I mean, it's in the name for Sleeping Beauty, so like, um, I it's one of those. But I got vibes from that. I will also say as well, actually, this episode was called Syzygy. And yep. there is an X Files episode uh, entitled that, which oh. is about two girls who like basically develop telekinetic powers when the planets align in a certain way. So I was like, "Holy shit, that's, what's happening in this cool. episode?" Um, it doesn't quite work out as a sort of one-for-one analog, but I was very excited when I saw the title of this. Yeah, excellent. When you saw the title of this, did you say three wise men? Uh, I did. I, I didn't, to be honest. It took me like I, I was. I was pretty late in crossing the finishing line on that. I, I think I got there just before Kareem, but only just. Like literally about like ten seconds before. I was like, "There's three wise." Um, but it was. It was a. It was, you know, there was a nose in it. If anything, um, no. I think I, that was I'm, a pretty good clue. Like once you realize what it's about, it's like, oh, actually, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's Man. great. That's like it's like a cryptic crossword, which I will readily admit I can't do cryptic crosswords. So um... I've always got wanted to get in, but it's just something that I think that is the learning curve on a cryptic crossword is too high. Learning curve. Yeah, it's just it, it, I mean I just don't understand it. And like I'll, I'll look at a clue and it'll be like a haberdasher's nose, and the answer is like communist Russia. And then you talk to someone about how they arrive at that, and they're like, oh, you it, like you just have to like understand the code of the clues. It's, okay, no, so if you want, if you really want, guys, if you really do want to crack uh the uh cryptic crosswords check out the youtube channel cracking the cryptic they actually oh. show you how to solve them oh okay All right. excellent yeah it's yeah it's weird anyway so yeah so there's like a, a vision here with uh young nina and old prairie uh, and i actually also... thought it was rachel at first i will admit uh when i when i first looked at, at the because like her face is kind of obscured a bit so I, I when i first saw her i was like oh is that rachel but then it becomes quite clear that it's not rachel what in the box you mean yeah in the box yeah, like even rewatching it, I kind of feel it was Rachel. And she's then, definitely and then, seemed like she had dark and, hair, right? Uh, no, and then changed to Prairie at the very end. You know what I mean? Like I think, Maybe, they, I think oh, they, okay, that's interesting because that, that's, that's how I read it. that. That was literally my interpretation of it. Like I first saw it and I was like, "Well, that person has black hair, so that's not mm. Nina." And then they get a bit closer. The face is distorted by like the kind of water effect or whatever it's supposed to be. And I was like, okay, that looks like Rachel. And then at the end, obviously end of the scene, um, the character wakes up and starts banging and they've got blue eyes. And it's like, okay, well that's not Rachel then. That must be Nina. And it's just a weird effect on the hair. But yeah, that was my, absolutely my read of it as well. Well, I actually personally, th- I, might, I might be showing my ignorance here, but I kind of think that we saw the the transition from the sort of, 
think it's Rachel, but not sure face into Prairie's face. I think it actually changed. Although I might be wrong. I might have just actually just oh, okay. taken that from it because that's what my my mind was telling me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway, interesting dream. Uh, what do you think it means? Um, I mean, it, it seems like a kind of confirmation that Nina is in there somewhere um, and would like to get out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so do you inside the body still so are you yeah, sort of abandoning your idea now that nina went into prairie in the other world or yeah is it just I... like you jump into someone and then you're both in there yeah i think i think this 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 dream to me seems like a pretty a pretty um firm confirmation that two people can be in the same body at the same time um and that is what is occurring with nina and prairie yeah and it's also as we talked about <clears> before <throat> been hinted at with the russian dolls for example Oh yeah, that's um, a good point. Actually, I hadn't, I hadn't kind of put that together, but yeah, that is absolutely, uh, in retrospect, quite a clear metaphor for what's going on here. Yep. Okay. Cool. So next up, we it comes out and Prairie is telling Homer or Doctor Roberts, I suppose, if we want to differentiate who's the uh, alpha within his mind at the minute. Um. Uh. So Prairie is sort of telling about the about the dream, hmm. and they they mention a few details here, which I thought were interesting. One of the details is that uh, they have a conversation about is it was it childhood Nina or was it childhood Prairie? Mm. And and Prairie was really like um clock like clocked on here because she straight away went, Well it was both of us because it was before the bus the bus crash, you know? Yeah. It was before we split, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and and it, I I really like how she has her and not her story because she's telling the truth. But there are like no holes in what she's saying here. And you can tell that Homer is still, even though he's beginning to question his relationship with Hap um, at this point in the series, and even more so as the episode goes on, he's still approaching what she's saying to him very skeptically. And yet she is just able to be like, every time he has like a a question or potentially can poke a hole in something, she's like, no, no, this is how, and it just, you know, comes back with a perfect answer. It's like, she's got you, Homer. Yeah. She's got you right where she wants you. Yeah, I, I I I enjoy that as well. What do you what do you think about the fact? Now this is something that's I'm going to be honest on a re on this is my third rewatch of this now. I think I think third or fourth. I'm not sure. I'm watching. I've watched it a lot of times. Actually, no, mm. it is my fourth because remember I told you that I that when I got to a certain point a few weeks ago, I had to go and finish the whole the whole series again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is my fourth watch of the show, and I'm I must say that. Something that's striking me more and more each time, which it, the first time I watched it, I didn't really take much note of it. Prairie really does seem to not care, at the minute anyway, about Nina. She doesn't care that she no. has just come into this woman's body and she has sort of taken over her body. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think um, I go back to kind of what I said about Prairie as a character. I think it might have even been after the first episode uh, or certainly early on in the first season where I think she has an extreme amount of empathy um, but there is also a kind of distance and an almost lack of... Hu- it's, it's weird for someone who's very empathetic to, uh, to say this about someone who's very empathetic, but there's almost a lack of humanity to her in some cases. So if, if she is also capable of just being very, very distant from something that's potentially, that she is doing that is potentially hurtful. So a good mm-hmm. example is her relationship with Nancy and Abel, where she didn't really seem to appreciate how much she was hurting them by keeping them on the outside. Uh, she did eventually. She came round to it, but but um, her return from her kidnapping in the first season was very much about her and what she needed to do to um, to, to 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 fix things. And she never really thought about kind of helping her um, her step parents adjust to her returning. And I think this is a similar mm. situation as that, where 
Nina's in there and Prairie is actually, you know, mentioning her by name. She's not even she's not even kind of forgetting that she's in there. She knows she has a, uh, inhabited yeah. this other person's body and she doesn't really seem to care, which I think is another example of that complexity to Prairie's character where she is actually capable of being I'm not going to say selfish, but very self-centered. Yeah. When the the ends justify the means as far as her mission is concerned. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to me. It, it does it strikes as somewhat childlike. And I think possibly yeah. there is something that the show's doing in terms of having the OA grow. Now, we didn't, obviously, we're probably never going to come see this come to full fruition. But if you were to look into, uh, you know, child psychology, like Piaget, Jean Piaget, he talks about the idea of being egocentric. Like, the mm. e- egocentrism is rife within a child up to a certain age. And then you start to sort of take into the accounts of other. So in yeah. my mind, when I see a character acting like this way, I think to myself, oh, they're actually having her be childlike. They're having her almost grow and mature as the show goes on. And maybe mm. she would have come into a full empathy state in the last series or whatever. Um, but even in the first season, you're, you're right in the, the Abel and Nancy stuff. Whenever French was in the in the car with her, she she almost didn't even second guess the fact that them, them adopting her was 100% selfish on their part. Like yeah. she didn't, she didn't really even give them credit for rescuing her, rescuing her from a brothel. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So like, it's really interesting. Yeah, absolutely, and and it's played very believably by Britt Marling as well. Like it never feels out of character um, for her, which is which is an achievement because, as I say, mm. I think um, Prairie's two defining characteristics, if we were to boil it down to that, would be her extreme empathy and her force of will so for someone to be able to to be capable of extreme uh, examples of extreme empathy while also being quite egocentric at other times as a hard balancing act to strike for an actress and i i think i think she manages it really well yeah i agree uh one or two things more in this scene before we move on it is quite a meaty one so rachel uh has been moved to another facility apparently on the legal documents yeah um so yeah that's that's not (laughs) that seems legit Another facility being a ditch in the ground where she was burned. <laughs> yeah, which is going to be burned. Yeah, um, I don't. Yeah, Homer. I don't even think Homer buys that at this point. I think he he knows that something weird has gone on. Um, and again, you know, Prairie's asking the questions that are just just shattering Homer's um, his belief in in Hap's goodness. I guess you know, saying you know why why did he suddenly why did he stop her talking to us? Why has she suddenly been moved to another facility once she learned how to communicate? Um, and you know, also the, the, the door, the, yeah, talking the, about the, the door, the like, door in the room. You know, you, you know, and, and confirmation. I believe that Homer doesn't know what's in there, um, so yep. he's not as complicit in. Um, not that it was ever suggested he was, but it's kind of confirmation that he's not as complicit in Hap's schemes as um, as he could have been. Um, also, a lot of attention on um, Prairie's arms. Which will come back a bit later in the episode. Uh, I told you, I told you that. Now, I didn't say you wouldn't predict it, and we'll get into the whole discussion of whether you did or not later, because I've got some, I've got some thoughts about that. Yeah. Um, but but basically, I said to you that when it's revealed where those scars on the arms come from, yeah. I couldn't overhype it, and I honestly don't think I can. It's what we're going to talk about a lot later, but it's one of my favorite moments from any TV show ever. Basically. Yeah. That, I mean, I it yeah. There's things to say. There's things to say about that, the, the whole synergy yeah. section of this episode. All right, we'll get there when we get there. So um, yeah. Hap, Hap uh, we just get a small little shot, probably not much to say about it, but Hap is taking Rachel out of the thing. He's speaking to himself and he says, or oh, speaking to Rachel, I suppose, dead Rachel, and says, mm. this is Prairie's fault. 
Yeah, I, I, I wonder how you, I was was wondering when he said this how you felt about this because to me this was a rare moment of bad writing perhaps character because I was a bit like it just felt a bit on the nose like I know you're selfish and you deflect blame and I just don't know who this character is saying this to it, it just it just seems a bit like we get it you know you could have not said anything in this scene and it mm. would have been implied because we know enough about this character at this point. It struck me, I'm watching a lot of the uh, show Last Man on Earth with Will Forte at the minute, yeah. and uh, very good comedy if you want to watch it on Amazon Prime, but because he's Last Man on Earth, they, they fall in, like, they don't, well, it's a comedy show so they get away with it, but he has like, you know, balls with faces on it that he talks to, because he mm. needs to have someone there to, to put the dialogue out to, yeah. uh, otherwise it would, why is he talking, you know? Um, yeah. So w- when he's doing that, I, like, I felt that this was sort of, using rachel's dead body as a means to get dialogue out but in a yeah. show like this it doesn't play the same as it would like in a comedy it does not it doesn't it's not buy you don't buy it really you know yeah I, I i think it's just because his sentiment is one that he's expressed exactly in exactly the same way in far more believable circumstances as well so to me i don't think we really learned anything about hap's character by hearing him once again shift the blame onto prairie for something that clearly isn't prairie's fault um so i I could have probably done without that but to be honest it's a very it's a very short scene it's a very minor criticism ultimately yeah okay so kareem gets to the treasure island mental asylum or whatever you want to call it um private mental clinic or whatever and he goes up and asks what to see uh nina they say no you can't he says well i'm gonna call the police i'm looking for a missing uh missing uh child and he gets to go in he gets to the break room um and uh an escapist ensues eventually like, yeah you know. i i mean i didn't see i i figured that that these two characters that that uh that um kareem washington was going to be the one to get prairie out of um out of treasure island i didn't think it was going to happen in literally the same scene that they meet each other um <clears throat> and I, I will say for um for kingsley benadir and Britt marling um excellent chemistry between them um as 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 mm. an actor and actress i i was really immediately mm. on board with their relationship and to be honest although this was proven wrong um by the end of the episode i was like oh sparks are flying here guys could this be competition for uh for homer perhaps and then by the oh, end of the episode boy. i was like uh okay i think their relationship might be slightly different than uh <laughs> than, than what i thought although you know i've watched plenty of game of thrones so who knows um <laughs> but uh yeah um i i also really enjoyed that um the prairie kind of displays her um her more scheming side of her character in this scene because she's kind of playing Wash- uh, Kareem Washington here like she's kind of offering him things that she or, or she's promising him things that she doesn't actually know that she can deliver oh, um yeah. so you know and he he buys it hook line and sinker and gets her out goes out swinging as well yeah yeah it does and yeah. uh like that was an interesting part of her character like she really in this escape and then later on also in the coffee the coffee shop scene she seems to be growing in confidence you know and like oh yeah maybe it's a more sort of maturing out of that childlike state sta- uh, childlike yeah. state again she's growing in more confidence um and it's it's interesting like you see her her attitude changing um i am um, i felt quite bad for lionel in this scene as well that did make me laugh out loud it's like the kind of the opening of this scene where they sit down together where lionel's told off by the nurse for uh for breaking something and then she just dashes a vase against the wall and, and the nurse is like lionel for lionel um yeah. and, and and one other thing to mention for the long-time listeners we have a yellow raincoat i repeat I know it's I know it's Green Washington's, <laughs> but our protagonist is in a yellow raincoat. Emergency stations, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. The the, the 
the loop is complete um yeah <laughs> so basically um uh, there's one more thing uh she also mentioned now this sort of i think this is like if ever there's a time there's a time in the show where sort of like a show puts across their like deepest ideal you know and mm. it's throw give it give it in like a little throwaway line but it's like oh i actually think that that's really central to the show and that was i'm not mentally ill but i do think logic is overrated um (laughs) that's very that's a great line central to this show i think yeah um okay so they escape uh prairie Prairie swears for the first time yeah she's never driven before and i don't think we've heard her swear in this show before and we get uh, i believe she says shit or might have been fuck uh, it's oh, definitely when one she of the, two. In the car. Yeah, yeah. When, she, when she's trying to drive this car, <laughs> well, she's never driven because she was blind most of her life. That's like, true. It's a fair point. Yeah, it's like it's like whenever um you know she wrote that letter and you 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 were like a oh, couple of spelling mistakes there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I was like, all right, okay. Thinking back on it, that's a very cruel thing for me to say about <laughs> a girl who was blind at the time. And, uh, yeah, and say what you want about Kareem Washington having this like standout car. Jeez. The person could go and find it when they need to escape. That's the thing. If if he had like a normal car, like a black, I yeah, don't know, it's a Prius, whatever, and then yeah, <laughs> just like oh well, I'm gonna be here all day, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just holding the keys up, clicking yeah. the button, trying to find <laughs> it. Um, all right, so we move on. Then Hap is at the bottom of a, of a pool. Um, mm. We don't know this yet, but this is the beginning of a little arc, which I'm th- I'm sure we're gonna get a, an old classic uh, after our podcast points for Conrad because there was something happened in this episode. Which you mm. predicted a hundred percent just last episode. Uh, yeah, so I was quite yeah, so myself on this one. Yeah, so he's a, he's at the bottom of the ocean. Ocean? No, he's not. The bottom of the. It's like an ocean. His yeah. mind is an ocean. Yeah. Um, he's at the bottom of the pool. Uh, it's the only place the tinnitus uh, sort of goes down a little bit. Um, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But we have heard. I, I've for some, I've got in my head that we have heard someone say that tinnitus is a result of traveling prior to this episode i can't remember who said it but i feel like yeah i'm pretty sure we knew that he had tinnitus uh, yeah or maybe not maybe we just heard that that was a result yeah um but he's got it there's another there's another woman a french woman at the mm. bottom uh elodie i think her name is i'm not quite yep. sure how to pronounce it um and she is uh elodie we'll say. El- yeah I, I would say elodie but um yeah elodie uh so she's at the bottom as well of the pool as well and then later on they go into the sauna together mm. um now it's pretty clear straight away that she thinks she knows that he's a traveler too, mm. um, and he's he, he's immediately like, "Hang on, what the fuck? Like this is mental. How do you yeah. know? You know?" Um, and they have a little conversation about it. What do you think about this character being introduced? Um, I, I think, well, I mean, my immediate thoughts are: what is this character's motivation in seeking out Hap specifically? Um, they don't. They're very guarded. Or well, maybe maybe guarded isn't the right word because they don't seem defensive, but I think they're very good about directing the com- like kind of indulging Hap's own um, kind of um, egotistical nature by getting him to talk about himself a lot. And like and uh, Elodie has answered questions about herself, but kind of in in quite a a roundabout way without really giving anything away about what what she's here for or, or why. She's she's basically just telling Hap. Um, you know, there's other ways to, to travel throughout this episode um, and kind of explaining the nature of traveling. But I, I, I don't think this character is here to help Hap. Um, that's my that's my read on on this character at the moment. Okay, awesome. 
Uh, I'm just smiling because uh, after I watched this episode, I went and immediately watched the next one. Um, oh, okay. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm smiling at the end of the next episode. Sorry, just don't don't bother me. Don't mind, don't mind me. <laughs> okay. It's it's a uh, it's, it's a really cool moment. Uh, okay. Can't wait for you to see it, Conrad. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm looking okay. forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. There was one thing that uh, was interesting is that they could hear each other's ringing, and that that to me, that to me sort of it added an extra mystical factor to the tinnitus. So it's it's mm. not our world's tinnitus. Uh, yeah, you know? it's, it's like a, it, it's it's kind of um, <clears throat> that that idea of um, like resonating on a frequency that other people who haven't travelled can't hear is is what yeah. that that kind of made, puts me in mind of. Um, and you know, once you once you've heard the sound that associated with traveling, you can hear it in others. Um, essentially, yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, they go to the pan- get some pancakes, Kareem and Prairie. Um, yeah. Well, so that's that's what I would do after being locked up for a few weeks. I'd oh, go get some pancakes. I really want uh, some pancakes after this scene. I was like, that looked that looked good, and it infuriated me that they left without finishing them. <laughs> I know what's go- uh, what's going on. Um, I finish your dinner, guys. Or breakfast, yeah, I guess. Too too much control in those people. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Uh, but um, okay, so we will get some background on the house. Mm. Uh, it was built in 1910. Engineer, uh, an engineer was the one who who bought it. Um, His wife was a medium. Wife was a medium. Yeah. Uh, sorry, it was built. The engineer got built. I think. I don't. Th- I think it was built in 1910. Uh, and two years before the events of this season, that's when Nina bought it. That's so. It's only a sort of fairly recent. Um, so yeah, uh, there's a secret entrance which Cream uh, shows the map and says, "Where's the secret entrance?" Prairie has a, has a little bit of a she, she does a bit like you know when you get asked to do something that you are absolutely not competent enough to do, and in your head you're like, "Shit, well I've got to at least give this a try." And it's just like yeah, and you like look at it. she's like essentially looking at this complex schematic that she doesn't even know how to read, and in, and like in the hopes that she sees something that he hasn't seen. It's like yeah, you're not gonna get it. <laughs> Prairie, like just, <laughs> yeah. just just admit you've lied to him uh, and you don't really know how to help him. There yeah, it is. There, there um, it is. That thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, was there anything in this particular this scene in particular? This is sort of this them catching up each other's on each other's story sort of thing. Um, um, well, is there anything in particular you wanted to mention? So uh, this, I mean, there's two things really for me. Um, probably the 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 biggest kind of plot development i guess is that hap was ruskin's therapist so that's where Mm. their prior relationship comes from um and the other one to me isn't really a plot development but um michelle gets mentioned again obviously and and you know michelle is is the driving force behind kareem's plot up until this point but it, it kind of made me think it made me start wondering what has actually happened to michelle uh made me wonder whether she's turning up at some point soon or whether her absence is just going to be something that that, that runs throughout the entire season i'm still not sure where i land on that but it, it, it's just notable to me that we don't seem any closer to actually finding michelle because the 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 investigation for these two has to a certain extent kind of moved beyond finding a little girl now it's it's now yeah far bigger than michelle um so i'm interested to see how they tie michelle's disappearance back into their their, their wider investigation now yeah, and obviously Prairie says that, like, you know, reminds her of a young man from uh, Michigan. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that she doesn't. Th- I think she. I think she concludes in my in my read of it anyway. As at this moment, she concludes that that's not Buck. That's not the same. You know, that is Michelle. That's not Buck. Mm. Um, it's it's uh, it, it's interesting. I don't think that Prairie's making any. I don't. I don't believe the show's making a uh, a comment there. That this is a different person to Buck inherently, um, 
you know, just in, in an overall thing. I think Prairie just thinks it's not it's not the same person. And the reason yeah. I say that is because the show wouldn't make some, a, a point like that because I know that the actor Ian Alexander who plays Buck um, and Michelle says uh, has said before that in his mind uh, Michelle is just a pre-transition version of Buck. He doesn't he doesn't view Michelle as as non-trans in his yeah. mind. <clears throat> yeah, and that, I I think I I think that's my read of it as well. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So. Um, yeah, so Hap being the therapist of Roskin is an interesting point. Mm. Um, so we'll see how that uh, develops as we go. Um, mm. Next up, we have Homer ringing up Hap with some bad news. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She's gone. She, she, the apple of Hap's eye has fallen out of the tree. Is gone. Yeah, and um, Hap, it's always good because we haven't really seen Hap get very much comeuppance, to be honest. So it's always nice to see him kind of scrambling to try and fix a crisis. Um, and th- this is a pretty big one, to be honest, that he's having to fix here. Um, the, uh, imp- I mean, th- this kind of jumps forward a little bit, but but the the moment where he says to um, Homer that he needs to tell the police that uh, Prairie is a danger to herself and others, interspersed with the flashback to him burning Rachel's body, is like a really, really graphic um image that's that that stuck with me uh, of just like oh god you are a piece of shit hap um <laughs> it definitely worked on me in terms of eliciting the reaction i i suspect they wanted to elicit yeah like i always my mind always goes back to the moment he asked prairie to run away with him and i'm just like mate you're an app you're evil like what yeah you're he's a like he's like he's like we'll continue the work it's like you're burning women in a ditch in the forest like yeah <laughs> yeah and like how how are you still justifying this to yourself <laughs> And it's, you know, it's, it's that, um, the, uh, it's how a lot of people kind of describe individuals arriving at monstrous behavior, you know, like when, when, when often, or not, I don't want to say often, but it's sometimes someone will do something monstrous and you don't see the, the thousands of little steps towards that yeah. conclusion that they've taken. Uh, and, and, you know, this is just the latest, obviously it's a big step forward here, but Hap has been edging towards the, this kind of awful behavior for the entire show. And now he's here and he's burning, burning women's bodies in the woods, as you say. Yeah. It's the same thing with anything in life. Whenever someone comes out and does something and it's really shocking, uh, and it seems like, you know, well, that led to it and that led to it and that led to it. Hang on. But that's only a tiny thing. How did that lead to it? Well, it's like putting marbles in a jar. Some, you know, some things that you do put five marbles in a jar some things you do put one marble in a jar but when that jar's full those marbles are gonna start spilling out and some people are gonna get killed like that's basically what's happening uh all right so uh homer is getting very frustrated uh in this in this uh therapy session with uh with scott yeah lovely to hear about scott uh scott monologue here i very much enjoyed scott getting a bit of uh dialogue yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it as well, and I, I love the way he's speaking. Like Scott's not getting angry; he's not. He's just like saying he's just he's talking to Homer as if this Homer mm. is literally got amnesia, and he's just like, "Well, you yeah. were there, like you know, come on." He uh, he describes Homer as an oh, Homer from the 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 real world, I guess, as mm-hmm. a, an Orshocks football quarterback as well, which I was like, that's a great description <laughs> of, <laughs> of Homer. Um, I, I, I felt that was very appropriate for for what his character was like in the uh, in the in the original world. Yeah, I love the transition of uh, Scott's relationship with Prairie too, because yeah. uh, he's just like you know she's got a plan, like she'll be back. You know, I'm, I'm confident of that, and I, yeah. I love, I love that aspect of Scott's character. I think Scott, he was up there with Steve, wasn't he? As, as oh, he, the, oh yeah, right up there. Like he was a real piece of shit, um, utterly cynical, 
just without any kind of positive thoughts in his head. And you know, th- this this Scott is a, a a far cry from that. You know, he has dare I say it faith in in um, in Prairie or the OA as as, as mm. he calls her to figure it out and save them, which is nothing like nothing like what the original Scott would have ever had. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, uh, Kareem and uh, Prairie go to OA. I suppose I should say go to uh, Nina's apartment. Because they notice on the the keypad is the same in the pictures as uh, as her place as it was at Curie. So they go to they go there, they figure out. Uh, oh, uh, Kareem tells a story, which I'm sure straight away you were like, he's talking about himself, isn't he? Yeah, I was to be honest, and that it was another one of those ones. Where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to give myself points for that because it was like confirmed like literally ten minutes later, and it it was pretty obviously about himself, I think, as well. Yeah, I actually found that very interesting that they did confirm that later because i was like it's, it was obvious that he was talking about himself to me you know yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. whenever a character starts talking about something uh, their brother or someone they knew or you know you're, it's always about them that's just literally yeah. a writing technique um <laughs> yeah. so uh i like the filth i like that they did though where and this was this was confirmation to me nina is in there somewhere because as he was saying the thing he just turned around and went what's the number and she just she just knew it 10 yeah. 15 87 um, now, ten fifteen eighty seven would be what thirty years? What what date is that? Is it a date? Is my question first? Because I'm the fifteenth of uh, October eighty seven. It could, yeah. I suppose it could, in theory. Be Maybe I'm leading you birth. down a theory here where I shouldn't even have said, "Is it a date?" I mean, I, I, I honestly didn't think about it, but I mean that that could it conceivably be Nina's date of birth. You know that she'd have been about in her early 30s uh, at that point was she 30 when she came back from Hap's dungeon uh, potentially I think that that might she was close to it anyway because it was 2016 yeah. in the year so definitely would have been close to it I think so maybe uh, maybe um, uh, yeah I think maybe so that could <laughs> yeah, be I, I honestly didn't think about it that much though to be honest i probably should have but i, I mean it's I, I have a weird relationship with things like that because like at the very beginning of this episode where we get you know another one of those kaleidoscopic images and this one was of like a plane um kind of kaleidoscoping into um i can't remember what it kaleidoscopes into actually but i was like oh that ties into like the the plane that um kareem uh got the flight number for in the um in the q symphony game um like and so i'm spotting stuff like that but then when someone literally says here's a, here's a number that seems a lot like a date i'm just like oh whatever uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no i, I think i think we, we know from our dark days that the so there's, there's, there's certain things which you just like okay that's fine um <laughs> yeah. which, which is absolutely fine there's a moment later in this episode which i'm really interested to hear your take on it because oh, okay. in my mind i'm, I'm like I'm pretty sure Conrad would have assumed this because his head is so much in theory mode yeah. that he's overlooking a simple detail. And I'm waiting to see what you think of that. Oh, okay, fascinating. Let's see. Well, let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so they listen to some tapes. Very, uh, what the... very graphic tapes. Good lord. Yeah. The the t- the first tape is uh, Paris, 18th of September, two thousand nine. Any historians in the place want to know? A month before I met my wife. So that is actually... Unrelated. That's uh, unrelated, but at the same time, a month <laughs> before that, a month before that, there was this uh, strange... Uh, I don't even know what to call it going on with Prairie, and we can assume now some sort of... Oh, 
octopus. So, some kind of thing with lots of tongue, like... Uh... Yeah, that's, well, that's the thing. I actually, I'm jumping ahead here. I'm, I'm taking analysis away from you. Sorry, Conrad. But yeah. in my mind, it's like, that was like a huge thing. Like, she was dreaming of like, being, having tongues in her in, in, a, in a way... That yeah. was kind, kind of like the the, the, the octopuses. Uh, yeah, and and, on, and honestly, at this point, I wasn't thinking octopus, even though I'd kind of made that prediction of of Hap like taking some interdimensional sea creature and storing it in his big room. Um, I think at this point, I was just like, well, this is just a weird dream. I don't know. Like, I'd like, well, I'm sure that this will th- this will come back in some way, but I don't know what way. And uh, as it turned out. Uh, it was a lot more literal than I than I expected, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we also get the the three wise men. Uh, mm, yes, very good c- conclusion, which we've talked about a little bit already, and that let them know that they have to go to Syzygy to find the door. So that was good. That led mm. us to the next part. Um, it was. It's nice to see a plot point being revealed, with, not through a strange hookups aunt, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it's nice when your main characters are just kind of competent and and figure stuff out <laughs> on, on yeah. their own. Uh, okay, so um, Homer, um, he goes and uh, goes onto Tinder, and yep. he actually he actually rejects a uh, he, he, re- not, he rejects w- one of his colleagues, the woman with yeah. the red hair. So he rejects he reject, rejects her, and then he accepts another one. And I just want to say, see this little text conversation that takes place <laughs> while on the phone. Jeez, Homer seems a bit smooth here. He's a bit he's a bit of a smoothie just yeah just straight in i mean i i have never used a dating app in my life uh i unfortunately never had the need to but like it's i i was like is this how you just start conversations with someone who's like a complete stranger just like i've had a shit day like okay just straight into this then (laughs) and then homer seizing on the opportunity classic joke that the they they the the um the woman whose name we'll we'll learn is uh yassi uh she jokes about turning up in red vinyl and homer Quick as a flash, like I'll be wearing red vinyl too. Great yeah, joke, yeah. great joke. Well done, Homer. And well done, a missed yeah. opportunity because if he had turned up in red vinyl, that'd have been a great way to double down on the joke. <laughs> but unfortunately, didn't that, that would have that would have been a moment of uh, comedy genius if they. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I, don't I like Homer as a character. I don't think that level of comedy is in his wheelhouse, to be honest. Like. <laughs> that level as if that's like the highbrow comedy. Like, oh, that's yeah. not in his wheel. Yeah, that's the <laughs> peak. Yeah, you don't get yeah, better yeah. than that. No, exactly. Um, okay, uh, yeah, I think it, I think it would be pretty strange. Oh no, hang on. I, in my mind, I pictured him in a red vinyl dress, and I'm thinking in a show that's so, you know, uh, you know, respectful of trans rights and tra- and trans issues. It'd be really, really weird if they just had someone showing up as a joke in a dress. Yeah, that like uh, yeah, they kind of went down. It's that, funny that because of, I'm wearing a dress. Yeah, that '80s comedy where like it's a man in a dress. So yeah, in in retrospect, perhaps for the best that Homer didn't. Vinyl uh, jacket, vinyl tie. I mean, he could he could have worn like the that red vinyl suit that Eddie Murphy wore on like a bunch of his comedy tours in the '80s. Yeah, yeah, and that red vinyl suit. I don't know if you knew this, but that is the reason why Eddie Murphy didn't steal uh, Richard Pryor's jokes because he changed it, Conrad. He changed what he was wearing. Uh, Okay, so. So uh Kareem and uh Prairie ring Syzygy. Yeah. Um thought it was just pr- did Prairie like not they listened to the tapes like surely she realized that there's a Russian accent here before they rang. Like my I would have been like Wait, we can't ring. I don't have a Russian accent. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know? but I I feel like um they play pretty fast and loose with her having a Russian accent in this um to to a certain extent I don't know how 
I, I, I'm, I'm not going to say it's not believable because I, my suspicion is that the people who are in charge of Syzygy don't care. They're, they're, you know, they're aware that something has happened to Nina and they don't care because she's still... And once she arrives, to... once she arrives, <clears throat> they're like, well, that is her. If she wants to talk in another, another, in another mm. accent, that's all right. They're not thinking, there's someone in her from another dimension, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, perhaps some of them are even aware that this is possible based on, you know, what, what, um, what, uh, old old asriel um is revealing like the level of details yeah. asriel's revealing but um yeah i did uh, i got immediate as soon as they had this conversation on the phone um where you know it's this this deep voiced man talking vaguely about equipment and it will take some time to get ready and when would you like to come in i got immediate like secret society eyes wide shut vibes where like oh this is going to be some like masked bull sex cult stuff that she's going to and i don't i wasn't a million miles away to be honest with that there was definitely aspects of stuff, something like that going on, definitely. Yeah. Um, sort of reminded me uh, a little bit like, um, I, I, I've been watching, I've not quite finished because I just really don't want to finish it, but Babylon Berlin, I've got like two episodes to go of season three mm. and I just really don't want to have finished it. I don't want to have seen it all. Yeah. So we've been delaying watching the last two, but it reminds me of sort of 20s Berlin, like, you know, this... Uh, like hedonism. Almost, yeah, like sort of off the chain. Actually, in season three of Babylon Berlin, they've even got like a proper... Um, satanist uh, you know like a proper oh, sort of excellent. like thing going down that route as well so sort of these behind behind the, the curtain uh, parties going on all over yeah. the place uh, it's really good okay so um, let me think I don't th they talk about having the equipment ready like I don't think we really need to delve too much into what you were thinking at that moment but maybe just very shortly when they explain like ha we'll have the equipment ready the drive will be there and like sort of what was your thought of what they were going to have, have for her to do so I I think I imagined her being in some kind of chair because that seems like what you do with someone who's like a subject of something. I didn't, I didn't, definitely didn't envisage it being a. No, I guess I did envisage it being a, a sort of public thing because I had that like eyes wide shut um, image in my head of like a kind of secret society of people in masks all, all gathered around. Um, it didn't involve an octopus, I'll tell you that much, for, for nothing um at, at this point um and i don't need i mean it, I, I guess i was i was figuring i it, i was imagining that it was probably going to have something to do with dreams because obviously she we they've just um recorded or listened to a bunch of recordings of her uh essentially vocalizing um dreams that she she has had yeah so maybe like I, I guess i was imagining it being it, it being like some kind of deep dream study where maybe she is able to uh, stay in some kind of half waking state and like communicate what she is dreaming um, and and the dreams are a reflection of some kind of aspect of reality or something I think that's probably where my head was was going with this yeah maybe also maybe you were thinking also maybe like a little bit of a furtherance of the Curie dream project that's going yeah. on as well yeah. just involved in that um, okay so then we get Hap and uh, Elodie having uh, dinner and there's mm. a lot in this uh, but I will say first of all let's have the conversation you did get a prediction right. You predicted that there was going to be someone introduced who knew more about the traveling and was able to give information to characters. Yeah. Um, I think, what did you think about seeing this and what do you think about that, that decision? Um, I mean, I was quite pleased, obviously, that, that it came right. And I think from a kind of narrative structure standpoint, it makes sense. It, it, we needed a character to give our protagonists or antagonists for that matter in this case um information because the only one who was able to really impart knowledge was katoon before this um 
and and Katoon hasn't played a major part in this series up until up until this point. Um, mm. And I, and I think Alodi was um, it, like is well well performed. Like I think she's a really interesting character, very mysterious. I don't know what her motivations are. Um, mm. And I I loved um, the the moment where like Hap tries to talk to her on a level and be like, oh, you know, you just do the movements and then you, tra- then you travel. <laughs> and Elodie just laughs at him, just like, like he's some, <laughs> some fucking redneck who travels in the, mo- in the most, like, mundane pedestrian way. Like, the, the, the movements are, like, the inter- in- interdimensional equivalent of, like, taking the bus or something. It's like, oh, that's how you travel, is it? It's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you're an embarrassment. Wait, no, the, the interdimensional um, equivalent of, like, a red pickup you know yeah yeah exactly like the lowest common denominator there's nothing you've done nothing impressive whereas elodie is like cruising around in in like her own supercar essentially like a tesla like you know yeah like a Um, tesla yeah okay so um there's a couple of stuff here that i'll just like sort of plow out at you and see what you think so you can you can control where you go kind of like you can influence and plan where to go yeah uh which gets which sort of there um so she also went into a lot of her own backstory where she talked about finding herself in a dimension where she was an actress and she found it overwhelming uh, because everyone knew her and she was watching the films of the, of her being as an actress. And she watched herself live all these different lives, obviously Mm. analogous to what is actually happening with a lot of the characters as well in the show. Um, What do you think about this little story she told? Um, I mean, I think it's just, it, it to me is, as you say, like kind of a metaphor for how she came to be comfortable with being at home as a traveler without a home, so to speak, a home dimension, mm. so to speak. Um, because although the other travelers we know have done it once, none of them seem to uh, really be confident in like what they're doing or, or, or how they're going to do it or like, what the future holds for them and indeed some of the characters who, we, who we've met who I guess we suspect are travelling even if we don't know it for certain like the kids in the um, in the greenhouse it's actually driving them insane so I think this is maybe offered as a counterbalance to these characters we see going insane to say there are individuals out there who have the force of will and you know the the, the mental fortitude to to deal with this although honestly with what we've seen so far i'm not 100 percent convinced that elodie is even human <laughs> like i don't okay. i don't i don't take it oh I, I i'm not gonna say she's not human but i don't take it as written that she is human um yeah. i think i think it would be foolish at this point to be like what after what we see in this episode to be like well obviously they're all humans <laughs> it's just like well i mean there's a psychic octopus in this episode guys <laughs> it's like, like yeah. i feel like the we have to bear off. that in mind yeah. yeah you have to bear that in mind um i will say that there was a moment and i am going to mention it because we are only four episodes away from the end of this and there is no answers you know to the big questions because we do have it cancelled mm. um so i will point you in this direction just to get more, more, more discussion from you maybe in this episode or in the future but hap realizes yeah um, something while she's talking and then after that later in the episode i don't know if you connected these two things but i kind of want to lead you down this road uh in a way it's not not a road it's actually not even a road to lead down because we do have the conversation later on with hap no with uh, homer and scott anyway but what i mean is um the realization that comes to basically leads to him telling homer to go to work and to go and talk to scott about his nde again Oh, okay. I do, so I I wrote down here. Not certain what happens. Just realised during this conversation. Well, I don't honest. know. I, I, it hasn't been revealed what he's realised, 
but he has he has basically but that's just what been like him to phone Homer to say go back to work. That's how I read it. That's how I read it. We don't. Know, have, I'm trying to think. Has Scott actually at this point in the in the first season or in this one has he revealed anything about his NDE? I don't know if we've we've really heard anything about it. Not sure that we we know the details. But no. I mean, to me, the obvious. Uh, the obvious link there is with I don't know maybe traveling without movements. That seems like something that would really mm. stand out to Hap. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that 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 was uh, that definitely struck me. And, and my first response to it was like, oh, something's going on here. Hap's figured something out. Um, yeah. And again, my any time this character imparts information to him in my in my head, I was like, okay, so Elodie's just done that deliberately to send him down a certain direction. Um, I feel like she's giving him all the information that she wants him to have so that he will do things that she wants him to do. And I don't think he realizes he's being manipulated as much as he is. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, the last thing uh, <clears throat> she mentions that there's fuel can't explain it, but can show you. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what that's going to be. <laughs> like the fuel is. Well, they, 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 they mention it later on when they're in the opera. They mentioned the the. I don't remember. I don't remember seeing the uh, what the fuel was actually revealed as in the opera. Uh, so we can just skip forward and do that now, I suppose. There was a little bit of uh, trickery going on, trying to imply that uh, that LOD and yeah. Hap would be in the audience. I one hundred percent fell for that. I was like, "What is going on here?" And then it's like, "Okay, no, fine, yep, yeah." Okay, so uh, basically, when they're sitting in the opera, that she's talking about, uh, it's basically Will. Uh, you need to. Oh, okay. Yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I did write that down. I, I didn't. Um, I didn't necessarily make the connection. That was like the literal fuel, so much as, I guess, the way that you direct where where you end up. Because I believe Homer at the end of that We've scene, told, like, yes. oh, yeah. she, she like willed herself uh, towards uh, Prairie, willed herself towards Homer. That's what he realized. Uh, Hap realized. But I think that Elodie was sort of. It, she said that it was like I don't know it was like not quite will but it's like the best sort of explanation or whatever yeah, that's yeah. that because that, the idea that she said I, I'm I don't know I, I'm gonna show you what the fuel is is that when she went to the opera it's like she went to show the feeling that the fuel is but the best that they could do was to call it will even though yeah. you know they yeah. yeah so um okay so Homer's on a date yeah um, I'm just mm-hmm. gonna say something right off the bat here right this is like a lovely girl she does lovely woman sorry this character of yassi i am putting squarely into the same bracket as the baller from earlier in the series where it's like awfully convenient that homer is going on a date with someone who is professionally obsessed with death and is proposing Mm. the idea of extending life through maintaining people's thoughts in ai and machines um so i was just like What's this character's motivation? Um, and you know, maybe it's all, nothing, I, was, all but... I was thinking. All I, I want to be honest with you, Conrad. All I was thinking is this character of Yassi. I was wondering when the reveal would come that they are actually called Alexandi. That's what I was wondering. Wait, hold on. I don't understand that joke. <laughs> oh okay. wait, yeah. Now I get it. <laughs> I've arrived at the joke, ladies and gentlemen. No need to write in. I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a middle name. Maybe it's a middle name. Yeah, Yassi Alexandi. Uh, so. All right, the people who are just watching for the OA have no idea <laughs> yep. what we're talking about. Apologize um, to everyone new to the show. Ignore that and move on. <laughs> yeah, or listen to the entirety of our dark run. That'd be that. That'll explain it. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, having said that, actually, we do need to mention uh, Hap's earphones at some point <laughs> in this episode, just to remind you. Um, yes. Okay, the saliva-covered earphones. Uh, okay, so um, they talk yeah, they talk about like <laughs> unconsciousness as being uploaded into the cloud. Um, mm. He tells the story of uh, Prairie. It's on Netflix, so they get the little Stranger Things upside down reference in too. Yeah, um, that was a weird moment that I was like, oh, okay. I, I, I didn't, I didn't have much of a reaction to it, but it just it was a bit like, oh, okay, yeah, I've, that's an odd thing to reference. Yeah, and then while he's talking about like the story of his NDE that Prairie uh, is trying to convince him is real, he uh, holds up like an oyster or whatever he's got. Like he fucks puts it up his, so uh, badly, and he, and he he chokes on it. And in my <laughs> mind, I'm like you know that's a physical feeling that is similar to what the homer has had before yeah there was maybe a moment where he was like hang on he's like it's like he had deja vu yeah that's absolutely my read of it um i think uh his body kind of was momentarily taken over by the original homer um due to the the reminiscence of the nde experience in in swallowing that oyster but uh sure does fuck his day up so you know (laughs) Like he, he get, like I, I love the way that he, he tells his, he tells his story. It's kind of looking all cocky. Swallows this oyster and then immediately just starts choking. It's like, yeah, your balls. This yeah, one and, up, and also the whole uh, discussion about the, uh, the who pays and stuff. Oh, so uh, that was painful to watch. That <laughs> really yeah, was. Like he, well, he, he said he'd pay. You know, he was like, you know, you owe this, you owe this. Um, it's again something that I've not really had to worry about. My wife no. and I have been together for so long. Yeah. that we kind of have always just shared money like from the age of like 19 or like yeah. 20 quid you know in mean? um so it's not something that i've really had to worry about but at the same time i'm like i can see what he's doing and then it's funny because she sort of because he was saying i'll pay because i had more she was almost like she was a little insulted yeah. um be- because she was like well why why can why i, I can split it you know um, I do want to say a little little sidebar in terms of splitting the bill. There was one time when Emma and I went to a wedding, and before we went to the wedding, um, we were we, we were in it was in Cambridge, so everything was quite expensive. Um, hmm. uh, and we were in we were in Cambridge in like having lunch with a load of people who were also going to the wedding. There was about twelve people, and Emma and I at the time were students, and we were not didn't have any money. We were living in London. In a shoe in a shoebox flat, like literal <laughs> shoebox flat, with with no money, and uh, and we went to this this thing with like twelve people, and these were all working professionals, like late twenties, like what I am now, right? So they were yeah. they were all working professionals <clears throat> in Cambridge. Some of them were quite well off, and uh, Eva and I split like a sandwich platter that was like seventeen pounds because we were like, right, okay, let's split a sandwich platter, seventeen pounds. That's eight fifty each. That's good. We can we can afford uh, to get drunk later at the wedding, yeah. right? But then all the and they were drinking like they were all drinking cocktails. Yeah, they were having like their own some mates. Royale on the on the go. Some, some of them had a starter and like and like this and, and this woman who I hadn't met before. She seemed out. She seemed actually. She eventually seemed to be quite lovely. But but uh, but after the f- food, she just leaned across the table and she goes, looks at everyone, and goes, split the bill. And I'm like, and like literally, I was like, what do I say? What do I say? What do I say? Yeah. And it got to the point where it had been all tallied out. And everyone would have owed like thirty five pound each. Yeah. And I and I just and I honestly I was like so proud of myself. I was like, uh, no, we're not splitting the bill. Uh, we're gonna pay for our own. We only had a sandwich platter, eight fifty each. Yeah. No, you know. And I was like, and I, I walked out of there like you know, fucking king dick. Like I was. <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know? yeah, that is the 
I, I like you know if you're in the dating and you're if you're in the dating game now god go with you because i don't know how those conversations go anymore it's like i don't know should we just run out on the bill that would be my yeah. <laughs> make the yeah. evening interesting Jeez, i remember one time we were driving through my dad's hometown and he pointed at a chinese restaurant and said ran out of there skipped the bill on there when i was 17 <laughs> <laughs> Just a litany of crime scenes pointed out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, okay. So um, the OA is practicing her accent. Um, she's yeah, finally realised that she needs an accent. She, yeah, yeah, she's not. She's kind of like hello, I am the OA. Like it's very, it's very kind of James Bond in the sixties style Russian accent. She's so doing a good job of being bad at an accent. But I will say, yeah. I know we're going to get comments. Perhaps we already have a comment. When, for some reason, I think the Russian accent is one that no matter what film it's in, even if someone's doing a perfect Russian accent, people are going to be like, that's a bit over the top, isn't it? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it. I, maybe it's just one of those accents that lends itself to that. But I think I think that's probably... It's the same as when someone does like a really posh English accent in like a World War Two movie. You know, you get like Mike Myers. Mike, Mike Myers? Michael Myers. I always get them mixed up. My, which no, one's a comedian? My, my, Mike Myers, he's not the murderer. Yeah, well, that we know of. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah Mike, um, Mike Myers, like, um, in uh, Inglorious Bastards, where he shows up and he's like, hello, and it's like, <laughs> you, you listen to that and you're like, this is a ridiculous accent. People talk like that, all right? I've been to school with people who talk like that, so I'm sure there are there are people in Russia who are just like, hello, Mr. Bond, and, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, have this, or like this, this what would seem like a very stereotypical accent. Yeah, I, I was <laughs> I was watching a, a podcast the other day with a fella, I don't even know who he is, like to be honest with you, but he, he was being interviewed about his time at Harrow School, which is like the, oh, one of the sure. T- sure. Yeah. Eton, Harrow School, the real posh ones. And he yeah. was like uh he and he was like, you know, he was pretty posh, wasn't the most posh. And he was like like people think it was like, you know, really posh because like, you know, we were all come from uh these backgrounds but let me tell you it was just like any other school and i was just like fuck off no it wasn't yeah. as, as someone who who was uh, <laughs> like privately educated for a couple of years and in state school for the rest of his life it is not the same i'll, t- I'll tell you that much right now <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh okay so um date didn't go well she no. doesn't want to come she doesn't want to come back he wanted to go Does, doesn't want to go to the uh, park and look at constellations <laughs> No, not 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 her not her bag, baby. Uh, to get back to Mike. Honestly, not a bad suggestion though. I, I I was like, that's actually you know not a bad idea going and sitting in the park and looking at constellations through an app on the phone. That sounds all right, frankly. Yeah, I, I think I think that she maybe got a bit of a obviously like you know she doesn't need a reason not to want to go with him. Like let's no. be honest, but but I think she sort of maybe got a little inkling in it that maybe he actually did have feelings for this patient of his, you know, and he's like got his own. He's, he, she would be like the other woman to the patient, you know? Yeah, yeah. That, I, I, I mean, you know, he seems to struggle to stop talking about her, let's be honest. Yeah, okay. So he's happy enough to then go and uh, go to Scott because he was like looking for any excuse. When Hap calls him, he's like, yeah, I'm happy to work tonight. That'll be great. Uh, so he goes to uh, interview Scott, which we'll catch up with later. Hmm. We're at Syzygy now, though. The, yep. uh, back, the back room... Uh, back room nightclub. Behind behind like a sewing shop uh there, there's like a nightclub going on and they are it, the party's booming the party is it, booming it's um, going great yeah prairie's drinking white russians yeah uh, I, I was thinking is that a white russian because that's quite funny um oh, you uh, know what? it's either a white russian or it's one of those huge fucking egg egg drinks that you had at the start of oh, season god one god i hope it's not one of those i've forgotten all about those egg drinks that is just uh, Imagine asking a bartender for that. Yeah, have you got 12 eggs here? Yeah, I'll have 20 eggs in a glass, my good man. 
<laughs> some cream yeah. or whatever it was she added to it. Oh god. Right. Okay. So um, she goes in. Kareem says, "Right, I'm off. I'm gonna go and sleuth about." And um, Prairie gets taken away into a back room. She gets put in a chair. Although there was a moment where there was like a blind choir. Yeah, the group, the, the group of blind kids just singing in front of um, a screen projected with like what is clearly just water, but which I think is also very clearly um, designed to evoke uh, memories of uh, that top-down shot of the boat where uh, Prairie first entered Nina's Nina's uh, body. Mm. That was, I, I think... My my interpretation of that is it's just the show purely dealing in metaphor at this point and symbolism rather than it necessarily being plot critical, but very cool. I enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, I like those little sort of arty, yeah, as you say, metaphor moments in the show for, for, for certain. But um, so takes <laughs> takes her into a room, mm-hmm. straps her in a chair, yep. says... If you need out, tell us, you know, give us the safe <laughs> yeah, word. Yeah, tell us the safe word. It reminded yeah. me a lot of, is it Eurotrip, where one of the characters goes to a oh, yeah. brothel Zeta in Warrior the Netherlands. Princess. Yeah, run by Lucy Lawless, and she, she gives him a safe word that's like this impossible to pronounce like, yeah. Dutch word. And very much reminded me of that. Yeah, Eurotrip. Jeez. Did you know Eurotrip was actually written by three of the, the, the Seinfeld writers? Oh, wow. That's a step down for, for yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. But Michelle Trackenberg is no longer Harriet the Spy. That's a coming out movie. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Um, we've got uh, we've got the scene where she then is revealed to. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to state this with enough emphasis here, Conrad. Well, I mean, I, I like. Can I? Can I? I'll have a go. I can have a you go. Have a go. Yeah, you so, have a go. Yeah, you have a go. So, well, so I'll I'll take you through because I was basically like doing a play by play of these scenes because it's kind of cutting to some extent back and forth between Happenalodi and um and Syzygy. So Prairie is restrained. Lots of focus on her arm marks, and then I love the transition of the audience that Happenalodi are in to the audience watching Prairie because, as you said. Mm-hmm. In my, it 100% worked on me. In my mind, I was like, wait, are they about to see Prairie be revealed on stage? Uh, and then the next thing I wrote in all capital letters was fucking octopus thing. Uh, <laughs> like, um, and then, uh, so does Hap have one of these two? Because obviously he's got the room, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. which to me, I, I I can't imagine he's like loaning out his octopus to a Russian nightclub. So to me, he has one as well. Uh, and then my second point on this was, and this is not true, but it, it was my first thought. Is that octopus voiced by fucking Ken Watanabe? Um, <laughs> like it, well, it isn't. It's a guy called uh, Ijiro um, Ozaki. But it sounded a lot like I Ken Watanabe. I love the choice. I love the choice. Oh, it's great. So yeah, I, uh, a, I think actually this show actually is giving a uh, it's it's giving a light to the um, Asian population in San Francisco, and I love that even even to the point where the octopus um is, a, is an elderly asian man I, I love that i love that choice um, yeah it, it was, it's very it really worked it was a very there was a lot of presence in in the voice um but yeah i mean basically as soon as this character so i, I i've played a lot of the video game series diablo um so as soon as this character revealed itself i uh, revealed that its name was azrael i was like that's the angel of death um yeah. and and then it also named itself as old knight which i was just like that's a that's a great a great name for it there's a, there is so much going on in this scene, <laughs> like so much is revealed through this conversation. Right. So I actually now I don't know if we're gonna do it the whole way through, but I've actually written down everything he said. Okay. Um, because I had no idea how to pick it apart without doing that. To be honest with you. Yeah. Um. So 
so I'm just going to start reading it, and we can stop uh, and and um, and have a talk, chat about it. Sure. I'm not going to I'm not going to understate this. This is one of my favorite moments from any TV show ever. Like, yeah, I, I mean, this, this was I, amazing. Even as someone who like kind of predicted that Hap had a crazy kind of interdimensional sea creature in his room, this completely caught me off guard because I didn't think it was going to turn up in a vat on stage like it's in the fucking prestige and <laughs> like it was going to do a water escape um before, okay before we do that then let's talk about this so obviously we don't know what ha- is in hap's room you're assuming it is another one of these okay yeah. okay that's fine uh, i think that's a fair assumption to make at this point but i just want to say i just want to say i am really conflicted on say say if there's no one in hap's in hap's room right let's just yeah. talk about this one if we're talking about a matrix a theory matrix right at this moment mm. i'm really conflicted on whether this is the point for you <laughs> yeah. be- because i'm gonna be honest it's kind of like hearing the noise of a car in a show and saying michael schumacher's turned up <laughs> and then he does yeah. <laughs> it's like did you predict it or did you just have a stupid fucking idea that the creators of the show also had <laughs> yeah, yeah it is it is like when i because i mean like if I'm being honest with myself, when you see Rachel run into that um, that room and you see the reflections on her, uh, like on on the wall behind her, and you see her face, it's like, well, something's really bad is in that pool. So there's going to be some ghastly, like interdimensional creature in it. And then and and I was just like, well, it's in water, so it's going to be fish. But you are right. Like there was no, it was it was very much a fire from the hip theory that one. Yeah. And I didn't uh, to be in in. Not to do myself out of a point, but I, I kind of, I think I mentioned it might be an octopus a couple of times, but I did also mention like it was broadly Giant just going to be some squid or sea creature or something. But at the same time, when it uh, when this octopus turns up, I, I was very much thinking, well, that's a point for me. <laughs> I, yeah, well, I will say, and I'm, I'm like, I'm not gonna like. I, obviously, I did that for comedy, the whole Michael Schumacher thing. If it does end up that there is an octopus as well in Hap's room, you're getting the point for that. I just will say, yeah, because because obviously. Like, uh, I was talking to Eva about that. I was like, what the hell do we do with this? Because <laughs> obviously, obviously, there's something in the presentation of this show that put the image in your mind, you know? Yeah, I, well, I, I guess, like, think, because I actually said, like, the markings on Prairie's arm are obviously, like, sucker marks. Um, I think at the time I said it was, like, they were, like, bi- binary or something like that, which is obviously binary, completely yeah. wrong. Um but yeah, in retrospect, they're obviously sucker marks, and I, I, there must be something else that put that in my head. Um, I don't know what it was, to be honest. I can't, I couldn't, I can't from 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 my my kind of the forefront of my brain. I can't conjure anything to say, oh, this this led me down that path. It was just yeah. water. Rachel's expression was horrified, like horrific sea creatures, and then maybe there was some imagery that I had, had like internalized that that pointed me at that, but. We ended up at it anyway, well, and we got there. yeah, yeah, and it's a it is a hell of a scene. I agree with you. So I mean, yeah, let's let's go through it. Let's see what okay. we can we, let's see what we can pluck from from this scene from Old Knight. So from I love Old the Knight, name too. Yeah. I agree with you. It's a great name. So um, connects to the arms and says, "Greet them. Uh, they love to hear. Uh, uh, they love Nina here. Tell them not to be afraid." So she says, "I'm," uh, and then he says, "I am Azrael, but Nina calls me Old Knight." Yeah, um, I don't know what to make of that. I just to just to say immediately, I, I don't know. I don't know. I I've got no theories about that except to say that that's if if that's just kind of fleshing out the relationship of the characters, that's very cool. Yeah, well, I kind of read it like maybe that he hasn't revealed that he is Azrael because of the meaning in that name. He hasn't revealed that to Nina, but he will reveal it to Away. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so uh, will you translate for me? My brothers and sisters of the sea think communicating with your kind is a waste of time. But I, I hold, uh, hope for your species. Nina has been my medium to connect him to you. Um, but tonight, we cannot have the performance as usual. Um, tonight, I have the rare opportunity to converse with the OA. Yeah. And he makes her say it. There's a bit of hesitation in her there. Yeah, so he knows who, who she is. And my my um, understanding of this that 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 those past few sentences is the implication is that all octopuses are capable of psychic communication. Yeah, it is, does seem that way. Which is great. I love. It's very. It's very kind of. Is it Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where it's like dolphins? It's either dolphins or mice. I can't remember in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. But there's like a like basically a, a fairly innocuous creature on Earth that it turns out is actually running things and is like this sentient uh, intergalactic traveler species. Um, and that that very much uh, put me in mind of that. It kind of also reminds me of um, Philip Pullman. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. like the idea of like just the bears are another yeah. <laughs> are another civilization. You know? Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, say it, say it loud for him to hear you. Uh, tell him who you really are. Uh, she's like, no, I have something. To so basically, she, he's trying to get her to say it so that Kareem can hear her say, "I'm the OA," yeah. as if that will spark something in him to mm. realize something. Um, yeah. Uh, I have something to show you, something which will help you solve your mystery and resolve uh, and revive, uh, basically get the others, uh, rescue the others. But I can only be honest with you if you are honest with them. Tell them who you are. Uh, tell them you're an angel. And yes. then what I found was really interesting, and I really feel this is a statement that the show is making. She didn't say I'm an angel. She said I'm an interdimensional traveler. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. the show telling us those two words are interchangeable now. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I think I think this idea that they've they've made a very clear case for toying with kind of Judeo-Christian religious imagery, but but blending it with their own brand of sci-fi. So it goes all the way back to you know Cartoon with with their wings um, and the use of the word angel, but but they've very explicitly stepped back from going too far down that path because i think they yeah. didn't want to they didn't want to run the risk of confusing people into thinking this was going to be a specifically religious thing um when yeah. it's very much its own thing and, and yeah i absolutely agree with you i think that moment there is them saying angel is just another term for whatever these people these beings are that can do this um and and you know it kind of put you back in mind of that I, I can't even remember who it was who said it that famous sci-fi quote where any technology suitably advanced is indistinguishable from magic and that's kind yeah. of what we're getting here like religion sprung forth from uh people interacting with these individuals um at a time where they couldn't even begin to, i mean we still can't begin to explain it but but they were even less equipped to explain it so they were just agents of god at that point um yeah. but yeah it's a, it's a great a great little little moment to to really hammer down what the show is doing yeah no i don't i agree with you so all that goes on to say uh doesn't that feel better after she says i'm an interdimensional traveler traveler mm. then he says lying ages you and time is already not on your side in every dimension yeah she's quite young what does he mean by that so hmm that he so I've got so I've got some thoughts about this. I I think this series is going to end. Season is going to end with her dying, um, because he Azrael seems to know her past and 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 present and future. He he seems to have an insight 
into what she like who she is and he well i mean he knows things that he has no right to know obviously in her being the oa and and everything like that um and and he seems to have some inkling of of what her future holds uh, i don't want to say say the lines before before you get to it but to me that is suggesting that prairie or that the oa will not live very long um mm. and so needs to complete her mission whatever her mission is uh, quite quickly Yep. Okay. Awesome. Uh, in the future, you don't know who you are. Uh, you forget your true nature. Mm. Um, I wanted to, uh, uh, basically, I can't, I can't read my own writing here. <laughs> well, I want to take you there, uh, show you, I want to show you the moment, uh, and where you can, uh, sh- take you to the moment where you can show yourself your true face. Yeah. Um, your pure being, uh, and basically and, and and then it'll reawaken your mission yeah so what do you take from that like i want to show you your true face in this moment so you can be reawakened and continue your true mission um well so obviously she's having an nde that's the plan um is she like she's going to be given another nde um so she's going to reveal her pure being so i guess my interpretation of that is maybe that she's going to appear to herself in this nde um you know as we've kind of discussed with homer's nde dimension um how homer from the real world kind of manifested in this alt world and and had his nde experience though perhaps not as as homer i guess maybe that's happening with prairie as well where through this nde she will manifest in her nde dimension and will be able to speak to herself and reawaken um, herself in that in that dimension um, to to who she is and what her mission is. Um, mm. But yeah, okay. So so yeah. I, I it's interesting because um, to do that he he said he must he must to, to to send her into this NDE. He says he has to kill her for thirty seven seconds. Yeah. Um, you are no stranger to death, but I ta- I taste the fear in your sweat. I love that callback to the dream from yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a it's a great reminder. Like just a, just a little confirmation as well that that was what what was happening to Nina in that uh, in that Paris dream. Yep, exactly. Um, and then I love uh, this part. I, I cannot cons- c- proceed without your consent. Um, and basically, she says, "Do I survive?" Uh, and then he says, "That's up to him, your brother." Yeah. Um, she's like, I don't have a brother, and she and he said, in every dimension, she sent him to protect you. Yeah, so sounds like Katoon is uh, is their mother, and Kareem and Prairie might be brother and sister, based on based on that. In every dimension, mm. any theories coming out of that? Well, I don't know. They, like I. I, I've kind of toyed around with this idea of, of there being some kind of God is missing situation going on here. Like, re- like I know I've said that, that we've just talked about how they've kind of got themselves away from the Judeo-Christian mythology. But that still, to me, sounds like the implication of something that sits above dimensional travel uh, mm. in the position that would be occupied by, like, a deity. So, you know, maybe that is saying Katoon is 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 god in like uh, as like not in not in a kind of strictly religious sense but kind of occupies that position and and prairie and kareem are are you know the the related to a related to a god i guess that's like what it's saying but it's so broad at this point that it's just like what what does this mean i, I also so, yeah. i like I, it's really hard with this because obviously i try not to come at it 
from this perspective. But with four episodes left, it's sort of like there's no way they're resolving this <laughs> in four episodes. So I have yeah, to I suppo- pick out the stuff that I think will realistically be resolved. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, should I? I'm going to say this. Uh, what I was driving at there is I was kind of make I was kind of trying to make you make a prediction. Um, and what, the, the about predi- about like what the every dimension means, or do you like? So we've seen two dimensions so far. Yeah. Well, we've seen three, actually, but we're not counting the Saturn one. Um, so my question to you is, in the Crestwood dimension, where, well, obviously Crestwood exists in both, but you know what I mean? Mm. In the Crestwood dimension, have we seen her brother in that dimension? Um, yeah, that's... a boy, But she's the same. So I guess that's, like, my... I, I know what you mean, and that, I did have that same thought, but because she is the same across dimensions or she looks the same i should say across dimensions i would expect kareem to also look the same across dimensions um so i guess the answer would be no uh we haven't met kareem in 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 the crestwood dimension yet um although i mean if if it was revealed that someone else was was um what was her what uh, was like the manifestation of kareem i'm trying to think because like i mean obviously the characters in the crestwood dimension who could who who seem to have more knowledge than they should of prairie's situation are is pretty sure it's basically um basically um i've got his name now Ilias, and um i'm trying to think if anyone else does now off the top of my head I think it's just Ilias, really, that we know that she hasn't told. And Ilias, to me, doesn't strike me as being particularly... In... Yeah, I, I was going to say he doesn't strike me as being particularly interested in Prairie's well-being, but that's not strictly true. He has seemed interested in it, but... Fair when When speaking to her, but but then the things he's done when not speaking to her seem almost almost nefarious. So I, I don't know if I... I don't know if I would buy that Ilias is kind of a manifestation of Kareem in the Crestwoods dimension. Um, it's interesting to me that your mind is going that Ilias would be a manifestation of Kareem. Whereas if it was Ilias, why is Kareem... Could you not view it as like the, the brother, whoever the brother is, whatever being or whatever the brother is, is is could possibly be manifesting within both Ilias and Kareem. So it's not that Kareem is the brother, it's what's manifesting within both is the brother. I suppose it could be that. I think the thing that we're co- that's confusing me is that is just physical appearance. It's that Prairie is the same, like appears the same um, across both worlds or both dimensions. So I think I'm my answer to, to yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, but I think my answer to that would be, um, or if we're going down this route that they could be different, right? Because yeah. I'm, you know, obviously we know that a lot of things haven't been answered. I'm not going to tell you what is answered and what's not, but. Obviously, we know there's going to be a lot left on the table for discussion at the end when we finish this. But I will just say, I don't believe... Or maybe... Uh, maybe we'll open up discussion to my own mind now. But the, <laughs> way I would, the way I would view it is the reason why the brother doesn't look the same if you're going down that theory route is because Prairie actually tr- traveled dimension by doing the movements, by mo- moving dimension like anyone else could. Even someone who's not as special as her. Like mm. we saw Homer's moved. Uh, Renata's moved like so she went the traditional way to do it whereas this brother is being sent by whoever she is yeah they mentioned she so the brother's being sent 
Um, and that would allude to me that the brother isn't going by the traditional traveling yeah. method. Uh, yeah, that's a good point, actually. And Elodie has, has said as much herself as well, which actually makes me think. Mm. I'm just going to say, when I saw this episode, I, I assumed it was Ilias. Yeah, I, I think I, I would I would probably, now that we've talked about it, I think I, I probably would agree with you. I think Ilias is, it would be weird for them to say in every dimension, your brother is there to save you and for there not to be an analogue for Kareem in the mm-hmm. in the first dimension. Uh, and Ilias certainly has been up to some very, very suspicious stuff that implies he knows more uh, than he's let on. Um so yeah, I, I could buy Elias. The, the thing that the thing that's actually interested me talking about this as well is that when mm. they said she, my mind went to Katoon. Um yeah. But this conversation about the idea that your physical manifestation is not necessarily the same um, across dimensions makes me wonder about Elodie and who that is, mm, because because you've got this character who's also you know female is a very experienced traveler. Um, appears to possess a lot of the same skills that her brother presumably possesses in terms of being able to to travel freely between dimensions, um, and they are guiding someone, or, or perhaps a better better way of describing it would be manipulating someone who is actively harming uh, Prairie. So I don't know, maybe 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 Elodie is like Katoon like just in another yeah. in another in another body like i i don't know I, th- I think that might that could potentially work yeah it could potentially work i i will say um as well like there's um one thing as well when i watched this episode for the first time which i thought you know i'd say they sending uh the brother and i thought i i honestly thought to myself right okay so kareem obviously we agree kareem is the brother in this dimension yeah. and then i thought to myself right okay maybe Ilias, and then uh, I was thinking to myself, how is Kareem the brother? Like, what? how has he been sent? And then I was like, oh, okay. This is what I realized when I first watched it. Oh, he's having uh, vi- uh, like vision-style like vision dreams. Mm. Um, perhaps that's what they mean. Perhaps these dreams that are being given to Kareem is the brother's influence in Kareem. Like, that's what I was sort of going down the road. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense as well. Because, you know, Kareem certainly isn't consciously aware of his connection to Prairie, and I, I, I wonder whether whether Ilias is to us. I wonder to what extent Ilias is as well. If that if that were to turn mm. out to be correct, I I wonder if he is driven by dreams or me, me, like with, with Ilias. Based on what we talked about, I think it was in the last episode where you said in his um his clinic, there's like Rachel is written on written on the yeah. wall and in, in Braille. Um, that to me implies that he is his um kind of experiences with this idea of traveling are more lucid than kareem's whereas kareem's is just he has a weird dream that kind of guides him but he doesn't really understand it and he wakes up um whereas Ilias, if it does turn out to be the case is is is, is um is the manifestation of the brother in the crestwood dimension seems to know a bit more about it but yeah that it there's there's so there is so goddamn much in this scene that you can pull apart yeah. and I, I i really hope some of it gets resolved because it's just it is a staggering amount of writing that went into this and it's all brilliant yep uh so the last thing that happens is he actually kills her i love the the crescendo moment of her saying out loud to everyone old knight you have my permission to kill me um i I love that line so he says you have 37 seconds um i will count them for you and he starts counting 
um, counting backwards. Uh, she she wakes up in a plain bathroom. Uh, yeah. She goes out into like the into the thing. It's it's a really interesting decision what they've that they've done. To film it on like the shitty handheld camera for this. Yeah, mm, yeah. yeah. I, I I do. Do you want to know my theory for this? Okay. So I like this is this is the I'm going to be honest here, listeners. This is the one time I've ever done this. I went and looked up um, the significance of the plane number um that um was used in the q symphony game and <clears throat> it sounds like it was a based on i believe it was something brit marling has said it was a flight that she herself was on and my um i, I think it was a flight from somewhere to it was a flight from somewhere to san francisco or, or like hollywood or something um and my my interpretation of this scene and the deliberate shift from you know using traditional shooting equipment to shooting this in this grainy shitty handheld camera is her implying that herself in the real world is who Prairie is visiting. Um, it, it, like, that's the dimension that Prairie is visiting here. And just like the handheld camera, how crap it was, made you re- made you think that that was the case. Yeah, no, just like this. This, mm. this feels like it's supposed to be kind of like a found footage, real world kind of kind of thing that you're going for here, um, and the fact that. Uh, the plane number that, like, that there's been a reference to a plane number that that Britt Marling herself travelled on, and now Prairie is travelling into a, pra- a plane makes me think, okay, this is that flight, and this is kind mm. of a very meta moment where Britt Marling is like, I'm in this as as myself. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I I that that's a, that's a really out there theory based on one bit of information that I've managed to scrounge up off of Reddit. So I don't know how realistic or truthful. Um, or, or how accurate that information is, but uh, that was my yeah. As soon as I saw the handheld camera, I was, I, as what well, you know from Dark, when the camera changes, I'm like, all right, there's been a decision made there's here. There's a reason for it. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to ask you. That's why I was asking. That's really interesting. Well, obviously that's a fucking huge theory. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, I'm looking forward to the end of this season where Britt Marling just like walks out on stage with like a coffee. It's like, hello, friends. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I just says, I, it's me. OA star Brit Marling here to talk to you about the end of this show. <laughs> That's great. Um, okay, so um, there's something I want to ask you based on that, but I'm afraid of for the last four episodes pointing you down like a, a particular path. So yeah. I'm not going to do it. We'll just reflect when we get to the end okay, of the okay. season. Um, okay, so uh, when she's in the plane, she does go up to a woman. Mm. with short blonde hair so are you saying that you you're, you're, you're assuming that is Brit Marling yeah I think that's Brit Marling okay. that's, that's turning around there okay um, interesting uh, so we'll move on then uh, away from old night sorry old night uh, we'll close the book on you yep um, well for we a second get... yeah just for <laughs> a second we'll, and then we'll crank that book back open again <laughs> yeah uh, so we have um, Homer talking to Scott um, yes now Homer tells a story about how him and Hap met, and Hap came to his came uh, came to his um, uh, university basically, and Doctor Percy found him. Mm. What do you believe about that? What do you think about that? I, to be honest, I don't actually remember that many details of the story he tells in this because I think I was still furiously taking notes from okay. from the uh, from the uh, the syzygy stuff. I think I, I don't think Scott has any reason to lie to Homer about this story, though. 
that's my that's my kind of gut feeling with him. Okay, interesting. Uh, I will, I was uh, the reason why I say that is because it's uh, you've kind of proved my point, but actually in a really weird way. <laughs> okay. I, in the past, you've been so caught up with theories in your mind that you've missed slight details, uh, which I completely understand, and that I would be the same to be honest with you. I've just seen these shows a number of times, mm. but basically the, the the detail was that I thought. And I'm, I'm going to admit this, you know, I, I, I think, uh, I, I, you know, Conrad and I are good friends. I think, uh, I think he can, he can not be self-conscious about me thinking he's stupid or anything. I, so I, 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 I don't think he's stupid, Conrad. But um, I, I thought that you would come out of this scene thinking that when Doctor Percy went to see Homer at his university, that that was actually Hap. Um. Oh wait, no. So it's Homer. I, I thought. You- I'm trying to remember. I might be misremembering this scene. Home so is I... telling his his story. We didn't hear Scott's story. Ah, oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Um... So I. So basically, Doctor Percy went to see Hap. Yeah, I um, remember now. So okay. So do, I'm not even going to ask you the question because I'm not going to give you a chance to get something wrong. It was it was Doctor Percy, uh, because we saw hap enter uh dr percy's body and homer into it right next to it so we know that before they were in the bodies they were already together yeah so yeah so, so no, i like opportunity for for him so yeah but that's a classic conrad being caught yeah, up that, in in theories that, and would have, this... that would have got me that would have almost certainly got me if i hadn't have been just like dealing with the information dump that had happened yeah you seconds before <laughs> yeah you're reeling from the old night stuff so yeah. we didn't actually find out anything about scott's thing here at all um we just we only found out about homer's story about how him and dr percy um well, and there's some weird stuff in this though with scott like so i mean like he obviously like scott talks about you know the moths getting distracted by artificial light as the kind of like metaphor yep. for homer spectacularly missing the point but homer's recording this on a dictaphone and i don't understand why <laughs> what is he doing because because uh because hap wants to hear it I yeah, but, yeah but why like what is up with like why is it so i don't understand why why what scott's saying is important enough to merit recording aha there's something going on here it's yeah it's linked to the that it actually i'm gonna be honest with you what's going on here is linked to um what i wanted to say about about something that happened in this episode um but i'm not oh, okay. going to say it but, but yeah oh, the we're, so, we're gonna have a great we're gonna have a great chat after we finish this series conrad Ooh. um I, there, there was one other thing i wanted to mention just because it okay. confused me and, it, and maybe i i misunderstood something um in fact, there's two things. First off, Hapna Lodi talking at the opera. As someone who's been to many operas, that is outrageous. Don't do it. Um, I was, I was <laughs> yeah, furious yeah. about that. Second of all, when when Kareem comes and saves uh, Prairie, and um, you know, we'll, we'll get to the the, the the final scene in a second, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, she says that he killed Old Knight. Yeah, like he, he, he I think he to get him off. Uh, her neck he cut one of his huge tentacles which you can imagine is going to bleed a lot Did we, I, I, I felt like they didn't show that or I just completely missed it I, I, cause it, showed, I, it showed the tentacle on the floor oh did it okay maybe I missed that when I was taking notes because I I, I, I I was like I went back through it and, I, and and they show you know her getting strangled and then him running in and then they just show him picking her up and carrying her off That all, and, and there was obviously a cutaway that I missed there I'm going to be uh, honest Prairie didn't take Old Knight's pulse like that's yeah, yeah someone get a vet 
Like and yeah. uh, like, <laughs> the, the amount of time that passed between him cutting off the, the tentacle and her saying that, I was like, "There's no chance the blood's gone. Like, there's no chance he's bled out yet." Yeah, you know, well, I'd be a marine biologist actually, but I mean, they are in San Francisco, so there's a good chance, like, if they can, yeah. if they can get one there quick enough. But uh, and he's yeah, a marine okay. biologist. Uh, he's uh, he's actually um, yeah, he's actually died of a broken heart. <laughs> so <laughs> the the last scene, um, the last scene is Kareem and Prairie. Uh, at the door, yeah, they find the door. It, it, I love the design of the door; looks like the tunnel. Like, yeah, it's it? great. It's and like it, it's um, yeah, a really really cool sort of prismatic effect on the door. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so they they go through the door. <laughs> Anything else to say about this? Just a uh, lovely bit of dialogue. Just uh, you're tougher than you look. You're kinder than you yeah. seem. And then through the door, uh, it's completely black, and the door slams shut behind them. And down the rabbit hole we go. I think we just have to get into the roundup. Yeah, let's do it. I'm sure you could agree, comrade. The IMDb rating for this episode is very deserved. Deserved. I'm, I'm, I'm front loading this for you, comrade. It's the highest rated episode so far. It's nine out of ten. Yeah, I think that's about right. I think that this episode had no fat on it at all. It was just, it, it there was you know you start with a great kind of jailbreak between two actors with great charisma and natural chemistry and you end with a, an insane reveal and information dump that basically blows the whole show wide open yeah. you know that that's how you do like a middle of the season peak um and they did it perfectly yep yep i agree right okay before we get into the questions then do you have any theories you haven't mentioned yet um, I think we've got pretty much all of them. Um, to be honest, most of the theories I got out of this, with, with the exception of the one that, that like the the Brit Marling one that I've just mentioned, um, most of them I think are, you know, stuff like Cream is Oe's brother and Cream is uh, Katoon is both their mothers. It's stuff that we've talked about. So, yeah, okay, not too much apart from that. It, they were big theories, but limited in number. I've got a question for you, Conrad. Okay. And I've literally just thought about it in my own mind. Oh, God. Off the hip. If your Brit Marling theory is correct... Yes. Right? What the hell does that mean in terms of the timeline splits? Because we've been told that the dimensions... like The, the version of the multiverse within this show is that whenever things go differently, the, uh, the timeline splits. Mm-hmm. Is the show... If you're right, is the show saying... That Brit Marling was once a little girl called Nina in Russia, or is the timeline split for that world happening prior to her actually being yeah, yeah, plopped I, in her body? I, I think the I think the timeline split is happening at the conception of someone in her family tree. Um, so I've, I mean, I've got no no way of backing this up, but I bet if you look back through Brit Marling, based on what what she's written in this show. It would not surprise me at all if you went back through Brit Marling's family tree, there was someone who lived in Russia at some point, and she has envisaged a split in a timeline for that person that could have enabled her to be born to a Russian family and grow up in Russia as Nina. Um, so I think Prairie is, I think Prairie is kind of right in that the first split that she can envisage is the NDE where uh she crashes in the bus in in russia but she's wrong in assuming that the splits begin the splits for her um entire existence begin with her existence like there are there were things happening before she was ever born that set her that set her path in motion or set her down her path okay very interesting right you want to get into a couple of questions then yeah let's do it 
A stranger from the outside. Okay, so we're only going to do one or two questions this week because we have run a very long on this. So um, first question is going to come from Donny. Uh, Donny says, well, he said, well, says first, he says, okay, so I have a few. Uh, <laughs> did, did you Darn predict it. an S&M loving space octopus or whatever the fuck old knight was? <laughs> um, so I didn't really, in a, not, I, I can't really charitably say I predicted like the kind of eyes wide shut S&M club mixed with psychic space octopus i i i i I, we'll we'll get it we'll have to get into that in the matrix episode to see where we land on it when when the dust has settled because yes i said i have mentioned the word octopus a few times but it wasn't in this kind of context so i i I don't think there's a person alive who predicted that scene frankly uh Mm. if anyone says they predicted that they're they're a goddamn liar frankly um there was yeah it was nuts Okay. Um, all right. So the next question from Donnie is quite long. So I'm going to go through the whole thing and then you can answer at the very end. There is a question okay. at the end. Um, so uh, he says, lol, but seriously, I figure with a lot of focus on what we might kind of, uh, on that, we might kind of lose track of Homer's arc. It seems pretty safe to assume that Hap will end up betraying his new friend. I'm assuming he means Elodie. Uh, but what do you think about Homer? He seems to be coming to terms with how, love, uh, how lonely and miserable he is yeah, uh, with his life. But with that, with that, will that lead to him believing the dancers' story uh, and beginning to help uh, help them? The dancers, I imagine, that means the five who were in Hap's mm. basement, uh, uh, beginning to help them, or will he double down on his commitment to uh, to? <laughs> uh, okay, I have to read this whole thing again to give to give Donny the the the, the, <laughs> the, the credit of this of this turn of phrase. Okay, um, he seems to be doubling down oh no sorry he seems to be coming to terms with how lonely and miserable he is in his life but will that lead to him believing the dancer's story and beginning to help them or will he double down on his commitment to bearded anonymity (laughs) (laughs) will he realize he's been uh, being the prime dimension homer all this time or will he dig up that guy in the secret room in hap's basement he's he's got to he's got to like I, i i of all the things that i think they have to resolve this season. Homer waking up has to be number one with a bullet. I, I just think he's the reason Prairie's here. Uh, and I... If, if what we've talked about previously with them planning on doing five seasons initially, which presumably is across across five different dimensions, um, would have been the, the plot structure, I don't see any way that they could have written this with characters presumably moving on from this dimension at the end of this series without resolving homer's personality crisis so i i think he's gotta he's gotta wake up and and i'd like of all of all those kind of narrative arcs that's easiest to resolve that's that's the that's the top one as well like that's definitely within their reach and i could see them reaching a conclusion by the end of this season and i hope they do there's already been some building there i think yeah uh also also um i will say that uh Donnie sort of alluded to the idea that uh, does he realize he's Prime Dimension Homer this whole time? I think based on our discussions in this episode, we don't think he is. We think that Prime Dimension Homer is in there, but yeah. the guy who's at the surface is actually Dr. Roberts. Yeah, like he, he's... Um, I think it's a case of will, and, a, and like I think the Dr. Roberts is experiencing kind of like a crisis of personality and doesn't understand why, because he's fighting this version of Homer that's inside of himself that he doesn't 
really know is there. Um, so it's it's it'll do everyone some good if Homer can can get out of there or surface and then and then move on and leave Doctor Roberts to his bearded anonymity, as you uh, as you say. Yeah. Uh, okay. Last, I'm gonna go. Sorry, to the guys I was unable to get to, but I'm gonna go to Helen O'Grady for the last one. Okay. Uh, she says, "Wow, there was a lot to unpack in there." I can't yeah, believe... there was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't believe your joke about Lovecrafty and squid monsters came yeah, through, that, Conrad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was yeah. That was a that was a shoot from the hip kind of theory. That one, and it. And it I, somehow... I will say there was a there was a lot of comments like spoiler tag that you wouldn't have seen, which were like. Did he just say that there was octopus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was a a fire from the hip kind of theory that somehow kind of came true, but we'll have that conversation at the end of the season to see where we land on it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so um, so Azrael, Angel of Death, tells yeah. her that her brother has been sent to every dimension to protect her. Is that this cream? Uh, oh, by the way, I must I must say I th- I'm pretty sure Helen is a Conrad. Oh no, I think Helen. They, I think, think Helen's been posting she, theories, so I, I, I she, think Helen... Oh, okay, okay. I, I wasn't sure. There's at least one or two people who tried to be Conrads and then eventually just, yeah. just binge the rest. Yeah. <laughs> not sure if Helen... Helen let's, let us know, Helen. Are you, are you one of those people? Um, so, uh, been sent to every dimension to protect her. Is this Kareem? I think we've agreed that that is. Yeah. It seems so uh, uh, as if he saved her life straight after. Yep. So, because obviously uh, Old Knight said it depends if he saves you or not. That's yeah. whether you'll die or not. Um, how do you think uh, it was in the original Who do you think it was in the original dimension? Homer, or was it Riz Ahmed's character? I'm not sure why, but I have a feeling that they're a, uh, that they're a parallel, him and Kareem. So interesting, before I even get to the questions, uh, Helen has done the same thing I did. I assumed that the brother doesn't have the same look. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, and, and, and I, I, I think that's the right way to think of it i think i uh, having had that conversation with you now i think getting hung up on the physical appearance thing is probably a little bit foolish in a show about kind of interdimensional travelers hopping into Mm. other people's bodies uh to to think that you can only hop into your own body um so yeah i think i think Ilias is a good shout um for, for 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 um for her brother in the in the crestwood dimension okay awesome two questions then from helen first one where slash who do you think Homer is? Let's just get that on paper now. What, what do we think's going on with Homer? I'm pretty sure we think they're both in there somewhere, but yeah. let us know. Yeah, so he he's they're both in there, um, and Homer is starting to come out, though um, only in kind of dribs and drabs. By who? Do, uh, uh, do you take that to mean like as in who was he originally before he started traveling? You know what what is the significance? Of maybe his maybe uh, well, we've had an Azrael now. We've got a brother and a sister. We've had like. Elodie, who you were mentioning, maybe Katoon, who knows? Mm. Do you think Homer is someone more important, or is he just like this? Well, that's yeah, that's interesting actually, because you know Kareem isn't aware that he is her brother. He isn't aware of the significance of his part in all this. So why not? Why not the other, the other five as well? And maybe maybe they're angels too. Uh, you know, it, like if, if if OA is the original angel, then that means Kareem slash Ilias are also angels. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean maybe he's. Tyriel. I don't know if that's a real one or just a Diablo one, to be honest. Which one's Gabriel? But yeah, I think that's actually a really interesting point. I think there's no reason why the rest of them can't be angels that are kind of subconsciously um, following following a path. Okay. Last question from Helen. I'm I'm going (laughs) to ask it. Is what does Hap think he can learn from Scott's NDE? Yeah. 
I I think Scott's NDE. I'm just I'm gonna fire from the hip with this one again. I've got I, I I've kind of said it's I, previously in this episode. I said I think it was gonna be something to do with traveling without the movements. I actually I think I'm gonna roll that back. I don't think it is gonna be that. I think Scott mentioned meeting someone who matches Elodie's description in his NDE. That's what I'm gonna say. And okay. and they're gonna get a kind of recollection of it maybe to see if it to see if it fits. Okay, very interesting. That's great. Um, okay, so last thing I wanted to mention before we go for the week is while I'm looking at YouTube right now, looking at these questions, um, I, I can see in a suggested video, a video by a channel called Think Story, which obviously I don't want you to look up, Conrad, but because it, it's the OA season two ending explained. Okay. And I just want to say, I just want to say this: that video has five hundred sixty thousand views. Why was this show cancelled? You know? I I can't see a reason for this show to have been cancelled. Honestly, I know I was kind of hot and cold on the first season, and um, I, I, I I and I can understand why other people were. But by the time you're watching the second season, like every episode is a banger in this. I don't understand why it was cancelled at all. It's it's phenomenal. And I popular. I personally I personally think that you know how like they they Arrested Development was they like re, they came, they brought it back yeah. on Netflix. I think eventually like it's too late. I really hope that I know, but I really hope that that, that Brit and Zal are up for it when when it does come around. But I think eventually it's going to get to the point where it's going to be like announcing season three of the OA. If they were to, they went actually yeah we will let you make it. If they let them do it, I think that it would have the same media buzz that a new show would have anyway. Yeah, I, I think them come so. back. And and, and you know uh, when when was this? When did this season now? Is it twenty eighteen? Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. So it's not that long ago. Um, I just yeah, don't, yeah I don't get it. Like the production values are great, but it can't have been that high budget. I mean, you've got Kingsley Benadire, who's really oh, I guess, and Jason Isaacs, I guess, are really the only kind of like big name actors in it. So there can't be that much money spent on the cast. Zendaya. I, oh, and Zendaya. Um, yeah, Zendaya would cost a lot now, actually. To be fair, to get to get Zendaya back, but um. Yeah, I, 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 it, it just infuriates me to, to like, <laughs> like find a show where like at first I was like, okay, this is okay, and then the second season was just like, oh, this is really good. This is really going places and really compelling. And then to just be to know that at the end of it, there's just going to be nothing because some yeah. some suit, some goddamn suit made it a, a financial decision rather than an artistic one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay there we go guys thanks very much for joining us if you would like to see more subscribe uh to the culture cave i'm sure you already have if you're sitting at this point we're about an hour and 50 into the, into the episode <laughs> but um thanks very much for for joining us make sure you give a like to the video i know uh, you know it's a bit it's a bit uh cliche to ask for likes but it does really help the video um it, it helps with the algorithms and all that sort of stuff thanks very much for watching make sure that you um Check us out next week. Next Monday, we'll be coming out. This Wednesday, we've got a Sisyphus episode coming out. You haven't started watching Sisyphus yet. What no. are you doing with your life? I almost started watching that, actually. I, I, but then I was like, you know what? I'll leave it, just in case. I know Emmett and I are going through it on the, on, on the channel right now. I know we are. Uh, but the thing is, I'm, I've actually thought to myself, could we do it on the After Dark podcast, mm. even though I'm, I'm, I'm doing it on the, you know, on the channel already? Double I thought dip. to myself, well, well, the After Dark podcast is a long-term project for us. So in two years' time you know maybe we'll do it uh because it's only 16 episodes and it's only gonna be one season it fits all the criteria for this it is a little bit more silly in terms of the tone at, at times so but there's a lot of theory 
potential. A lot of theory potential. Yeah, so well, it I've, is something I've, the future. Possibly. I've avoided it thus far because I like I have to I have to do that now with television shows. Just like this would be fun to watch, but I can't watch it because it might be something yeah. we cover in after dark. <laughs> which is which to be honest with you, Conrad, it, it does sound terrible. But Conrad is more of a film watcher anyway, so he true. doesn't mind too much over it. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, thank you very much for watching. Um, email us at ADPopMail if you want to. Comment for Conrad underneath if you want to ask a question. Um, T-shirt link in the description. Discord link in the description. Thanks very much for watching. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. The After Dark Podcast has been a Culture Cave production. Please subscribe on audio apps as well as on YouTube at The Culture Cave. Join us next week as Conrad journeys further into the unknown.